And I think that's like a common misconception about nonprofits is that people assume nonprofits don't make money, but it's really like you can earn revenue. You just have to put it back into the organization, right? You're not paying shareholders. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Charlie. And today we are going into our lost episodes archive. <laughs> I'll describe this one. Yeah, it's only been over a year, maybe even a year and a half, maybe almost two years. I think it's actually almost two years. I think it'll be two years in May. So yeah, yeah this is a this is a much delayed episode. Uh, this is with the McCombs board fellows. We actually record this episode like right before we uh, went on our indefinite hiatus and then it just kind of got pushed aside for a bit. But now that we're back, it'll finally be seeing the light of the day. The McCombs board fellows is a student run program through the McCombs School of Business at UT Austin, where they pair promising MBA students with various local nonprofits here in Austin to help them work on projects at the same time, the students get the experience they need for the real world whenever they eventually graduate with their MBA. We spoke with Ben, who worked with VSA Texas, and then we spoke with Jacqueline, who was helping with the Texas Tribune. Ben, he helped rename the nonprofit to Art Spark Texas, and that actually did happen. Yeah, we talk about in the episode that he's working with them to rename it, and now we see two years later that it actually worked. So we get to see uh, you know a little bit of hindsight on this whole thing, how the process came to be. Yeah, so this board fellows does work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, what they do like with helping them like with say like the renaming project with Ben. What they're trying to do is that they're offering these students real life opportunities to learn like how to negotiate with people, plan projects and all that stuff that a leadership team will need to know. At the same time, the nonprofits get, uh, get volunteer help from all these really bright young uh, people with uh, accomplishing their goals. Yeah, and they've also worked with other notable programs like the Andy Roddick Foundation. Mm-hmm. Girl Scouts of Central Texas, St. David's Foundation, and the Long Center for the Performing Arts. Yeah, they have a pretty big list. Uh, check out the websites in the description. You, If you're an Austinite, you more likely have heard of most of the nonprofits on that list. Of course, I could be biased because we're in that space, but mm-hmm. uh, they, they do a lot of work with a lot of good, notable nonprofits. So in this episode, we talked to them about uh, how they got involved, what exactly a board of a nonprofit does, which is actually nice for us to because we both talk to people about the day-to-day life we don't talk about the planning of the actual uh, nonprofit. so it's really educational for us mm-hmm. and we also got into things like what's surprising about working for a nonprofit board and uh what sort of projects board fellows look for uh, it's um i'm happy we're finally releasing this episode it was really fun recording this one and actually this episode gave us a really unique opportunity to follow up with one of the guests at the end of the episode i actually had a quick skype interview with jacqueline about her work at the texas tribune so stay tuned after the episode to see how her job went there and how she's doing now in her post board fellow's life uh, anything else charlie let's take it to the board <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay, so my name is Jacqueline Lee. I'm a grad student at UT Austin, and I'm getting a dual degree, um, getting my MBA and my master's in public policy. And my name is Ben Merrick. I'm also a dual degree student at the business school and law school, uh, getting my JD and my MBA. So we're here talking to you, though, about the McCombs uh, Board Fellows. Yes. Make sure I get that the right. McCombs mm-hmm. Board Fellows. Yeah. And that is, as I understand it, question in, mark. <laughs> yeah, with a question mark, right? <laughs> No, that, as I understand, that's like a it's an MBA program that places MBA candidates on boards and nonprofits. Right, that's right. And how did this all begin? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so this program began a few years ago as a student-run organization. Um, I think one of our former MBA alums just had this idea that it would be a great way to kind of figure out how MBA students can give back to the Austin community. Many MBA students you know, come to UT Austin and aren't necessarily from Austin, and so it's a great way for them to get plugged in and also be able to, you know, give back in the two years that they're here. And so that's how it started about like five or six years ago. Okay, now. so it's still fairly newish. Yeah, but definitely. Not terribly new. But yeah, so. I guess we could start with like how you two got involved with it. I'm so sorry, I forgot your name all of a sudden. Ben. Ben, okay. <laughs> okay, Ben. We can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to start with how you got involved with uh, McCombs Board Fellows? Sure. So um, I kind of knew even before I came to McCombs that I wanted to get involved in this program. Um, as Jacqueline talked about, it's really kind of a two-way street. In one sense, you're you're giving back and you're volunteering and you're doing something for the community. I think that's really important and something that's meaningful to me. Um, and at the same time, people who participate in the program are getting good experience out of it. Uh, you are, as Jacqueline said, getting plugged into the Austin nonprofit community. You're getting experience um, doing you know high-level strategy on a board. Um, and so it was just a really great opportunity for me to, like I said, do something that I thought was meaningful and mm-hmm. uh, give back in a way um, and also get some um, valuable experience out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I actually come from the nonprofit sector for my oh. professional background. And so I also came to McCombs knowing that I wanted to do this program because it's a way um, for me to kind of be on the other side of the table in a nonprofit, to be on the board and to see how boards make decisions and another great way to kind of give back to the community but yeah I kind of see it as this like intersection between my like previous professional life and then what I'm learning here in business school. Where did you work before this? Um, I worked at a foundation actually so oh. I've been on the funder side. And, okay. Um, but I yeah I lived in New York and worked at the Wallace Foundation for a couple of years. Oh wow cool. Yeah. What do they do? Oh they, the Wallace like the big they you'll yeah i think a lot of people know of them through like because they fund pbs and things like that uh, um, okay but they do a lot of funding in education and so working with school districts and nonprofits. so kind of been in that sector for several years before coming back to school okay and why did you proceed to go for an mba then great questions <laughs> um yeah i mean i think for me i definitely want to stay in the nonprofit sort of public sector space and getting an MBA is really about getting a different sort of toolbox for me um, of like understanding how organizations work and finance operations, things like that. And hopefully can I can bring all of those skills back to the nonprofit sector. But I think that makes me a little bit unique among business school students because mm. most people don't come from a nonprofit mm-hmm. background. And even within board fellows, most people who are board fellows also don't come from a like don't have a professional background in the nonprofit sector um so i'm a little bit unique in that way we're we're used to not really coming from the board part of the nonprofit so we have little knowledge of what a board actually does 
So we're hoping that you would just <laughs> fill us in on all of the things that all the things all the things <laughs> that you um, should know. Well, I'm no expert at <laughs> what boards do because I think, you know, every nonprofit board can be a little bit different. But generally, nonprofit boards are responsible for sort of the strategic direction of a nonprofit. So it's usually a group of community leaders who come on the board. And I think early on in a nonprofit's life, the board's role is really around like fundraising mm. and kind of getting the board started. And then as nonprofits sort of develop and have been around for longer than the role of the board changes. So then it's more like, how do you set the strategic direction of a nonprofit? How do you build relationships with other community partners? And so once boards, once nonprofits get more established, then a board's role kind of looks different depending on what the board, what the organization does and who's on the board, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. And then Ben, you're working with which nonprofit? Uh, I work with VSA Texas. What's that? Excuse me. Uh, VSA Texas is an organization that does um, arts advocacy and programming for people with disabilities. Oh, um, okay. So they'll do workshops. They'll put on exhibitions of um, art from people who are members of the organization. Um, they also do, um, what's the terminology? Like audio assistance for people who are um, who, who can't hear well, they'll do you know closed captioning things like that for live performances. Um, they also have a lot of programming for veterans, um, so it's a really great, um, very diverse organization. The things they do, but kind of the unifying theme is uh, arts advocacy for people with disabilities. And what inspired you to take up that one versus like I saw like Austin Pets Alive is on there as well. Uh, the African, what was that? I spoke to them too before. Uh, yeah, yeah, African yeah, Leadership I, Bridge is on there. I mean, Board like, Fellows as an organization has done a fantastic job of getting a lot of really diverse and really impressive boards underneath the umbrella of the program. Um, for me, I wanted to work at VSA because I've always been passionate about the arts and um, about you know advocacy for people with disabilities, and mm. it was just a great fit for me. It's um, a relatively well-established organization. It's been around in Austin since 1996, I believe, and they have some really exciting initiatives they're working on at the board level right now, so I was happy. I think it was my first choice, and I was happy to, oh, uh, to, be, on, yeah. to be on the board, yeah. Very cool. And are you volunteering with any? Or? I am. I'm on the board of the Texas Tribune, which oh, is cool. a very wow. different kind of organization. It's, it's a newspaper. That's right. Yeah, it's that's it's a is. nonprofit news organization, which is really unique. And so it's run very differently from mm. a lot of nonprofits, but it also has a, a board and it is a nonprofit. And uh, yeah, so I've been on that. For, and Texas Tribune was also my first choice. So I've been on that for. Oh, that's great. The last few months. Does that typically happen? Do people that go through the fellowship program end up going to the first choice? It really depends. So as a organization, we try to recruit like 20 to 25 boards every year. And then we have about 40 to 50 fellows. And so as fellows go through their application process, they can rank which of the boards that they want to work with. And I think as a leadership team, we try to match people with their top choices if possible. But, you know, it's, it's not always possible for someone to get their first choice, but we try as much as we can to give people their preferences. And it's a pretty elite program, right? Not everybody gets to be in the program or what's... Yeah, I mean, so it's application-based, so any MBA student can apply to be on the, on the board, and we've gotten, I think as the program has gro grown, there's been more and more interest from students in participating, and so as a team, we're also trying to figure out how we can recruit more boards so that more people can participate, but yeah, it is, it's a smaller subset of MBA students. 
So once we get onto the board, what's your role as a MBA student that's serving on this board of directors? Um, so at, as fellows, we are non-voting members of okay. the boards. And so all the fellows have a particular project that they work on, and those projects vary depending on the organization. But we participate in all of the board meetings. We work on our projects for the year. Some people join subcommittees. Um, so we're kind of involved in all aspects of the board, except we, we just can't like vote <laughs> on, okay, on the board. Yeah. yeah, which makes sense because we're only there for a year. So what projects are you working on then, Ben? The big project for us right now is actually changing the name of the organization. <laughs> wow. Well, really? Yeah. So rebranding? In a way, yeah. So to give a little bit of context, um, VSA Texas is part of a national organization called VSA that's been around, or is affiliated with, um, that's been around for a, a quite a while. And initially that acronym, uh, VSA, stood for Very Special Arts. Um, and over time, that's kind of no longer the preferred nomenclature for people with disabilities. And so... Mm. Um, that and the fact that if you say VSA Texas to somebody, it doesn't really convey mm. any information about what no. the organization yeah. does. Those two things have kind of led um, to the board wanting to change the name. And so we, over the course of the past few months, have been interviewing different stakeholders in the organization, people who use our services, people who uh, are board members or staff members um, or just otherwise interested community members for their input on what the new name should uh, reflect about the organization. And that kind of now we're in the process of coming through all of that feedback and trying to come up with a name that um, really gets at what our mission is and what we think we provide to the community. So how do you do that? Do you have like a ballot of like names that you want to choose from or do you have people write in? Like how does that work? It hasn't been that formal of a process. We okay. sent out a survey um, to about 200, 250 folks um, that basically had a list of questions that were things like, what words come to mind when you think of the organization? What do you think, in your own words, is the mission of the organization? So using that, we kind of got some good ideas of the the themes we wanted to embody in the name. Um, since then, it's really been kind of just a brainstorming process with the board members. Um, I At last month's meeting, we presented a list of, you know, 15 or so potential names and kind of okay. talked about them and things we liked and didn't like. And so based on the conversations in that meeting, we'll keep moving forward. But it's definitely an iterative process. It's mm -hmm. it's not really realistic to think that you'd do a survey, make up a name, and immediately all mm -hmm. parties would be satisfied, right? It kind of takes some time to get something because it is important. It really is your representation of what the organization is to the broader community. So we want to make sure we do it thoughtfully and thoroughly. Uh, are, there, do you, are you willing to share the short list with people right now or...? There isn't really a short There's list. A, okay. Um, we I, kind of the guiding principle right now is that we want something that strikes a good balance between a name that is kind of descriptive, so it does a good job of telling people what the organization does, and then something that's kind of evocative um, in the way that like Austin Pets Alive, you know, is not really oh, yeah. a traditional organization yeah. name, but it's catchy, uh, and it really, I think, strikes that balance I'm talking about where people know what the organization does, and it's also um, kind of inspirational in a way. So that's... Um, the same kind of feel we're going mm. for with our name, but there's no list of candidates at this point. It's like uh, actually the hardest part of the whole podcasting process is coming up with a name for the episode because you want it to be descriptive, but also provocative at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like really hard. Like we actually uh, spoke to We Are Blood, who they went through like a recent name change and they, they changed names like three or four times before that. Oh my gosh. Like they just kept on trying to find new ones and We Are Blood now is I like... I really like their new one. Yeah. It's very... Before it was very medical and... Like Texas Blood Bank, Blood Bank, I think. Permanent. Now it's just We Are Blood. <laughs> Literally, We Are Blood. Yeah. Huh. 
And uh, I'm assuming with this whole process, you got to find like new graphics and everything for promoting it as well, right? Are you looking for graphic designers to work with you right now? <laughs> Me personally, no. no uh, okay. that, that'll be secondary. I think once okay. we, once we uh, settle on a new name, then we'll move forward with kind of the implementation process, which will involve, you know, like you said, graphics redesign and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you as you hinted at, I think the most important part really is getting a name picked out. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy task. Yeah, but and just with journalism too, I know you really have to grab an audience, and that's like your name is your whole entire identity, mm-hmm. and you you would know that too with Texas Tribune. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'm working on a totally different kind of board project okay. than what Ben's doing, but I'm working on a earn revenue project, which is. Um, we're trying to help the Texas Tribune identify ways that they can make money but still stay true to their mission. Hmm. I think that's like a common misconception about nonprofits is that people assume nonprofits don't make money, but it's really like you can earn revenue. You just have to put it back into the organization, Mm. right? You're not paying shareholders. Um, And so for Texas Tribune, it's really interesting because the sort of most immediate way that you might think of for a news organization to make money is to like put up a paywall, have mm-hmm. people subscribe mm-hmm. to the news. But as a nonprofit, their mission is to provide free ac- mm-hmm. free and open access to news. And so I'm trying to think about, okay, how can the Texas Tribune find creative ways to earn revenue, but still stay true to their mission of providing this free content for everyone? Cause that's the core of their mission and what they're trying to do for Texas. Do any of the fellows end up being a part of that nonprofit after they graduate? Oh, good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think we've had some fellows who may stick around and continue to volunteer with the mm-hmm. with the nonprofit, but as students, you know, we're so transient. Like we're here for two years, and then many people mm-hmm. leave Austin, and so it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a lot of people end up working for the nonprofit, mm-hmm. but yeah. people stay connected in some way or another. And then. What are aspects about nonprofits that you're surprised about mm. after working really on a board question. member? <laughs> I came with questions. <laughs> you came with a lot more than I did. I think, one, I think one interesting thing to... <laughs> it's a journalist out of Charlie. It's <laughs> <laughs> a gotcha question. Uh, <laughs> I'll let Ben take it. <laughs> I think one of the interesting things that Jacqueline talked about earlier that I hadn't really fully considered is that the needs of a nonprofit are very, very dependent on where it is in its life cycle. Mm-hmm. So for really young boards, it is about um, recruiting new board members and finding ways to you know, get your name out there and raise money. And then as the board becomes more mature, their priorities change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I think, important for prospective fellows to be mindful of whether they want kind of a, a nascent board that's still growing or they want a more mature established board. Um, and that's been kind of neat to see. Uh, my organization is, I've kind of gotten to experience facets of both of those because in one sense they have been around for over 20 years and mm. is a well-established part of the community at the same mm. time with this renaming project it is almost uh, a rebirth of some kind mm. there is a lot of this kind of excitement over um, a new chapter so i've gotten to see both of those uh both those aspects yeah for me because i come from the nonprofit sector like the sort of basics about how nonprofits work didn't surprise me. Hmm. Interestingly, on the on the Texas Tribune board, they're kind of at a pivot point. I think similarly to what Ben was saying, depending on where the organization is and its life cycle. And so, Texas Tribune has been around for a while now, and so it's kind of moving out of its like startup phase. And hmm. so, in that, it's really interesting to watch how board members react because, like, I've noticed sometimes in board meetings that 
you know, sometimes the board members are very in the weeds about mm-hmm. like how things happen at the operational level. And then sometimes it's like super high level and we're talking about like the future of journalism. Wow. And so it's like this really weird roller coaster sometimes. And I think a part of that is the Texas Tribune board is like figuring out how to evolve as the organization has evolved. And that's been really interesting to see is like, from a board perspective, how do board members think about their roles? Because those things evolve, right? And so if a lot of the board members have been there for a while, and so I think they're also thinking about like, what's my role now? Where does the organization need to go? Is this the right makeup for the board? Mm. Should we be thinking about a different kind of board? And so I think they're having some of those questions among themselves. And that's really interesting to watch a group of board members grapple with like, what are we doing here? Um, But it's necessary. So It kind of sounds like a board is like a think tank that decides the direction of the organization that's a part of. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, definitely kind of a think tank, sometimes a, f- a fundraising board. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends. But yeah. How do you get on a board? Yeah, that's a good question, too. <laughs> to begin um, with. You mean just for... Just for, uh, just general? if anybody a general civilian? really yeah, uh, interested. I, I think a lot of the recruitment process for boards comes from referrals. So people who mm-hmm. work for an organization that are passionate about, they may have a friend who has similar values or similar interests, and they'll ask them to come on the board. Um, because as you mentioned earlier, it isn't a paid position. It's mm-hmm. generally speaking something you do because you're passionate about mm-hmm. the cause. And so um, I think it's... Generally speaking, getting on a board involves knowing somebody who's already on a board mm-hmm. and um, you know, being willing to kind of devote your time to, mm-hmm. to helping that cause. Yeah. And a lot of I know a lot of board members start out as volunteers who are just people mm-hmm. who, you know, mm-hmm. who are just interested in what an organization does. And as they've you know worked with a, a nonprofit for a while, sort of end up on the board. That's possible as well. Okay. Yeah. So kind of like whatever, like kind of like you could, as long as you have the passion, I guess, and the connections, you could get there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been interesting um, from our fellows program because this is the first board experience for many students because when you're, I guess when you're sort of earlier in your career, it's kind of harder to get on a board because you're not as established or haven't built up a lot of the contacts to get on a board. And so this is kind of a unique program because it provides younger folks with a board experience sounds a good way to get your foot in the door too if you like want to do this full-time later on yeah yeah definitely how does a nonprofit apply to be a part of this program to be like a part of the pool of fellow of potential board fellows to join them yeah so on our website there's kind of a timeline every year um we recruit new boards every summer and so our application process will probably open up soon and so interested boards who have a project or want to be a part of the fellows program can go online you know shoot us an email we'll let you know when the application process opens but you know the application process is really around like tell us what you do Mm. what kind of project you have in mind we have a couple of requirements on our end of the types of boards that we'll partner with just because we want to make sure it's an organization that's established enough that it's going to be around for a whole year for the Mm. fellows to sit on a board Um, so things like that but we you know try to we we keep we cast a wide net every year so we're definitely looking for new boards and then so how do you make it known within the community um yeah so we fortunately have had a really committed group of boards that have stuck with us every year and so a lot of them return from year to year and then we also just have 
personal contacts in, in the community. We try to work with people we know who, um, like we probably are going to reach out to Mission Capital mm-hmm. and, you know, they're super connected. And yeah. so we try to let them know like, hey, we're looking for new boards and just kind of get people to, you know, spread the word that way. And kind of rewinding back to the beginning of the conversation about all this, but Board Fellows is a student-run organization, right? Right. How's the leadership work inside of Board Fellows then? Yeah, so it's um, a group of like eight or nine of us. So I'm the president for this year, and we, as a student group, elect our leadership team. Mm -hmm. And so um, every fall, the student organization, like the outgoing leadership team set up elections and then the group of fellows elect like a new president and then all the other roles and then as a leadership team every year we think about like how we provide fellows with training what kind of events we can put on so that it's um like a community of fellows so it's both a social aspect but also training and kind of professional development and do you have meetings like as the group like every Mm -hmm. couple weeks or so like as a full group? Or yeah, like team? do the board fellows come together and I just like talk about updates? Talk or about <laughs> how everybody's <laughs> uh, board member experience. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. like all get together and like talk about like what you've learned or give I presentations mean, all that stuff? We try to create ways for fellows to get together. It's really hard because oh, really? <laughs> the students everybody's are so busy. busy. Um, That's true. Yeah. But I think we're super our whole class is very involved on slack and so we have like a board oh, fellow yeah. slack oh, yeah. channel and so people can post slack. things there if they have questions um and then we try to have events and so you know we'll, we'll get different groups of fellows coming to different events okay i so mean it's really good networking too the whole program yeah yeah that's one of the benefits that we try to advertise to fellows is that this is a great way to network with you know important leaders in austin and it's all, all the different boards have really cool people on it. And yeah, do you have interesting folks on your board? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's interesting folk. Um, <laughs> it's 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 been neat. I mean, everyone has a different story, a different background. Mm-hmm. We have a few members who, or a few board members who started out as artists who mm-hmm. were you know participating in the programs that VSA offers and then eventually became more involved with the organization and eventually became board members. Mm-hmm. Um, we have others who are just passionate about the cause. We have some who are former staff members. Um, it really is um, an eclectic mix of people. The one kind of unifying theme being that everyone just is really passionate about uh, the work that the organization does. Jacqueline and I, as board fellows, from an organization's perspective, mm-hmm. don't, I think, offer that much <laughs> <Yeah>. expertise. <laughs> right. Um, but we, you know, uh, we care and we're committed. And um, I think that's really the only qualifying thing that you need to, to be a board member mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. One thing I noticed on your website about the projects you run as a board fellow is there's a list of things that the project should not be, but mm-hmm. not what it should be. Why is that? Yeah, we put different examples on there just because I think when we, we want to make sure that organizations that we partner with don't treat our fellows like interns. Uh, because okay. so, that, so it's stuff like that where it's mm-hmm. like, you know... Can't be the the coffee person. Right, exactly. the coffee runner. Find us the best coffee in Austin. Exactly, exactly. So that's really the purpose of that. But we're trying to showcase that, like, you know, like what's a big strategic project Mm. that a fellow can work on for an entire year. I think it's also about not limiting the kinds of projects Mm -hmm. that board fellows can do. Um, It was kind of understood when I started with VSA that our primary goal would be to get the new name, but, (coughs) excuse me, but I, you know, I'm hoping that we can get that new name picked out before my term is up and I can, you know, work on some other things mm-hmm. um, and dive into different projects 
And I think that's one of the really cool things about the organization is you you, you don't know what you're going to get until yeah. you're on your board, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of different projects and things that you can be working on, which is what makes it exciting. Yeah, cool. definitely. They, oh, yeah. oh, no. And do projects take a long time on the board? Or I guess it's just it basically board specific. Yeah, it's, it depends. It is kind of board specific. I think as a organization, we try to... We try to estimate like 10 hours per month for what okay. our fellows can commit, but some fellows who are really passionate may do way more than that. Mm. Um, so we try to set the floor of like what's the minimum requirement, but it really depends. Yeah. yeah. Are there any notable projects that came out of a graduate of this program that you know of off the top of your head? You know what? There is something I thought okay. I nice. remembered, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, I can't remember what organization it was, but we ha a few years ago had fellows who worked with a nonprofit and they put on this like big fundraising event and Matthew McConaughey was there. Oh. And so that was like our claim Name to drop. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> um, so that was like one of the more glamorous projects that we've had. Okay. That's very notable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's it is awesome. like interesting to think about, like this is another thing about thinking about board service is that some of the projects we're working on aren't like, you know, super we don't get matthew mcconaughey's at everything right <laughs> and so it is a lot sometimes it's super operational or kind of back-end things that you might not know about if you're just volunteering with a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. like you don't get to interact with as board members we don't always get to interact with the programs themselves so we're thinking about the organization mm -hmm. overall and the overall organization health and um vitality and so that's you know stuff that people don't automatically think about as a way to volunteer mm, yeah that's true Let's see if anything else. all right well is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up any final remarks any final thoughts any recommendations for people that want to serve on a nonprofit board etc oh my gosh that's a big question <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think there's like over 6,000 nonprofits in Austin so or something many. ridiculous People like that. Nonprofits here. Yeah, yeah, right. They really love their nonprofits. But, you know, I think people don't auto automatically think about board service as a mm. way to volunteer. And a ton of nonprofits need board members. And so definitely, if you want to be on a board, reach out to an organization, start to get involved. And it's, I think it's definitely possible to be on that board. And and even Mission Capital has kind of a, a posting, like a jobs board, but for board, like nonprofits who are looking for board members. Okay, so that's cool. a good place to start. And then if you want to partner with board fellows, uh, look us up. <laughs> well, <laughs> we maybe you know. when I go back for my MBA, I'll look into this. Let's for see. sure, for sure. My yeah. advice is, as Jacqueline said, there are a ton of nonprofits. If you find a cause that you care about, you'd be shocked if you just reach out and say that you care uh, how involved you can become working with nonprofits, um, you know, just informally even. So mm -hmm. if there's a cause that you're passionate about, go pursue it. All right. Yeah. Well, cool. right for your final question. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot. Okay. <laughs> Another question. <laughs> this question. one is cool. Since we're everyday superhumans and you guys can pick your own superhero because you're not, you can't read each other's minds. But, <laughs> but if you could be a superhero, what superhero could you be? You can make it up to just something that represents like the organization or what you do. Oh gosh. Yeah. This is always the hardest question. I <laughs> and we always edit it. Superman okay. because he has a very well-rounded skill set. Oh, that <laughs> ah, was, that's good. Okay. Is it like I pick an established superhero or you make, can make up your own, own too? 
oh, too. That's yeah. interesting. I just watched Avengers, so I feel like any of them. Would that's be great. a lot. They're like, <laughs> yeah, a, they're like a board of superheroes. All of the Avengers will be saved. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Which superheroes would you pick? Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, Turn the tables here. <laughs> Topsy turvy. I had those asked me once before. It was. Let's see. It was a dumb response. I, I'm not happy with it. I, you can choose whatever you like now. Yeah. Like utility man, because <laughs> what? <laughs> because, because I feel that we're we're showing the usefulness of the community. <laughs> very good. That's spin. good. In different ways. <laughs> That's great. That, that was is a utility man. Yeah. That was a municipal something municipal man because I work for the municipal government. So. Oh my gosh. We should maybe work on that. You yeah, should. We should <laughs> ours. No, you should definitely pitch that to Marvel. I'm yeah. sure they, they're dying yeah. to make that movie. He represents um, the local government of Austin, Texas. Oh my gosh. That's why we ask the questions. <laughs> yeah. We don't have asked us often. We don't have the answers. Oh my gosh. Our guests have the answers. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I'm going to make up something like super touchy feely, but something yeah. like, like, something about my superpower being like compassion and being able to like have like give compassion mm. to other people and the, the empathy crusader yeah there you go <laughs> there all right done mic drop empathy <laughs> crusader yeah all right great well, great thank you Jacqueline it's been a year and a half or so since our last recording with you just I uh, wanted to see how things were going uh starting with how your time at the board fellows helped you out. So I'm curious about your time at the Texas Tribune mostly. And I wanted to see if uh, your time at the Tribune, your goal there of helping them make money without violating their mission, if that went well and uh, what you learned along the way. Yeah, sure. It's um, happy to connect again. So it has been a little while since I've kept in touch with the Texas Tribune folks. Um, but I, you know, from kind of an outsider perspective now uh, that I'm, you know, no longer a fellow on their board, mm -hmm. it looks like their um, sort of event space is going well and is being utilized by a lot of different community organizations. And certainly seems like they uh, are, are making use of the space. And um, I was in Austin for Tribfest last fall, which is kind of their big oh. annual um, festival. And they, they were using the event space to host different uh, panels, but I also saw a bunch of marketing around you know, people renting the space. So I definitely think some of the recommendations we made were implemented. And as far as I know, it seems like everything's going well. Oh, that's great. Do you still read them by any chance? Oh, yes, definitely. So I've, uh, I'm no longer on the board, but I definitely still read the Tribune um, and donate to them and go to their festival and listen to their podcast. So I'm, I'm a fan, which I was before becoming a board fellow. And it, it just seems like they're growing a lot and really taking their organization to the next level. So it's nice to have had a chance to, you know, peek under the hood a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm kind of back to. Nice. Uh, actually a year after we record the episode, I finally subscribed to the Tribune as a donor <laughs> And yeah, I'm a big fan of what they do. I just, uh, I'm just hesitant on uh, subscription services. I'm like, you know what? I like local journalism or in this case, state journalism. And I want to support it as much as possible. So uh, 
You got at least got a donor out on me from that interview. Oh, well, great! <laughs> it took a while. Yeah, and all of their uh, all of their news is is free um, because they're a nonprofit, which I, I think we talked about almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. If you're listening, definitely follow the Tribune and support them in, in any way you can. Yeah, they did great work. So after you left the board, fellows, uh, you said uh, last year, right? in 2019 yeah so i um i was on their board i guess in 2018 and then stepped off early 2019 mostly because you know our our cycle was like a one-year calendar Mm. one yeah one year sort of uh term on on the board and and then yeah i graduated from mba program so no longer so that was kind of why I left. Did, did your time at the board fellows help you with your professional life after after graduation? Yeah, definitely. Um, in a lot of ways, like some really tangible and others kind of softer. But I think being able to see how boards work in action has been really useful. Um, and just seeing how the Tribune has a pretty diverse board in terms of people's experiences and backgrounds. So kind of understanding how to get the most out of everyone's diverse perspectives in a board setting has been really useful. And, you know, I still interact with boards in in a different way through my, through uh, my professional life now, but just kind of being up close and personal um, for that year as a fellow was really helpful. Uh, where are you working now? Is it private or nonprofit? Um, so it's a private firm, a small consulting firm that does economic development work. Yeah. And so it's private sector, but our clients are mostly government um, entities, a lot of public sector clients. Okay. And yeah, so I definitely still work with a lot of nonprofits and work with um, committees and city councils. And so kind of oh, the, wow. the board setting is still very relevant, even even if I'm not in, uh, you know, government or nonprofit. Did it help you with like communicating with these? Uh, I guess I'm guessing you talked to more of the leadership staff at these uh, entities. Does it, Did your time at the board fellows help you with communicating to them? Yeah, for sure. Just like getting used to, you know, being in a room of high level leaders and figuring out how to communicate with them, especially since they're all busy and <laughs> doing, doing a lot of the nonprofit work as, um, as volunteers, you know, just like being able to sharpen my ability to communicate mm-hmm. with them and figuring out how to present data and recommendations to them. All of that has really carried over. Nice. Nice. Um, are you still involved with working with nonprofits outside of your job then, like through volunteer hours, donating? So you you still contribute to the Tribune, but anything outside the Tribune? Yeah. I mean, I still, uh, you know, I'm getting, I moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area after graduating. So I'm still kind of getting used to the landscape up here, um, have gotten involved in a couple of nonprofits just as a volunteer and um you know, it's 2020. So it's kind of a big political <laughs> year. So I've been volunteering on like campaigns and stuff mm. like that. Oh, nice. too, so cool. That's taking up my time. Yeah. We actually interviewed the League of Women Voters as our first debut episode from our long break as our, and that was, it's election season people. Keep, stay informed. <laughs> Just like, yes, see what we could do. Read League of Women Voters, Voters Guide. It's super useful. Read whatever news you can. Just keep it balanced. <laughs> so yes, definitely. 
more reason to follow the Tribune. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's uh, <laughs> Full circle. that's the reason why I subscribe to them too. It's like I want to get like nonprofit journalism is like more neutral, so I'm gonna follow that and contribute towards that. All right, one final question for you, Jacqueline. What is the biggest lesson you, you learned while working at the Board Fellows or the Texas Tribune? Wow, yeah. I mean, I learned a ton during my time as a board fellow at the Tribune. Um, you know, I think one big thing is related to what we were just talking about of just how to be informed about the world mm-hmm. and staying connected to everything that's happening in terms of politics and policy, especially in Texas. So I think um, the Tribune, you know, just has is such a great resource for that. So I think having seen what they do behind, you know, um, on their board and understanding what it's like in their newsroom Mm -hmm. has given me a greater appreciation for nonprofit journalism and why it's so important, especially nowadays. So that's definitely one big takeaway. And in terms of my experience as a fellow and how that's helped me professionally, just understanding the way boards work and, how to manage a board, but really how to bring together a diverse group of people to help make strategic decisions about an organization is very, is broadly applicable no matter what field you're in or what um, industry you're in. So that's been really helpful just understanding that and understanding how to um, communicate with a very um, broad group of stakeholders and um, understanding how to capture different people's perspectives and Mm. use that to make decisions. So, you know, all of that definitely, um, I I definitely learned a ton about that as a fellow at the Tribune. And now that's very applicable to work and life. Yeah. It sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's been good. Well, uh, I think that'd be it for this postscript. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being on. Uh, I'll let you know when the episode comes out, which will probably be sooner than later. (laughs) That's awesome. I look forward to listening to what I talked about two years ago. (laughs) For more on the McCombs Board Fellows, check out boardfellows.mystrikingly.com. That is boardfellows.mystrikingly.com. If you're a UT student interested in the program, please feel free to reach out to uh, Mary Mullins, who can be found out at mary.mullins at mba21.mccombs.edu. That is mary.mullins at mba21.mccombs.edu. The email's on the Board Fellows website, too, if you'd like to get proper spelling for that. Are you an Austinite looking for a cause to support? Then you've come to the right place. Be sure to check out our website at everydaysuperhumans.show to learn more about the many great causes you can be a part of right here in the capital city. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and support the show by subscribing to us right there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. But I listen well, to uh, cereal, oh, yeah. but...
It's um, like everybody listens to that. <laughs> yeah. so I'm just I haven't listened to it yet. You haven't listened really? to Serial? I listened to Serial. I'm not really like true. To be a I think you lost, you lost all credibility. I always listened to podcasts before that you were cool. Yeah. <laughs> when they were when his radio 